0: This idea that we need to change our perspective is so important because we can't move forward if we are not open to the idea that our perspective might be wrong. Like if we think I can't have what she has, if you keep thinking that, you're right. But if you're open to the possibility that you could have what she has, then the possibilities are endless. This reminds me of when I got into recovery. I was told that what I needed to recover was H-O-W, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. I was told I needed those three things in order to recover. And the open-mindedness part is relevant here. We have to be open-minded to the idea that there is something that we don't know, there is something we haven't tried, or there is some belief we have that is holding us back. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole Life Lessons from 12 Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12 Step Recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12 Step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 135, Go From Envy to Inspiration with One Simple Mind Shift. Today, I'm going to explore the idea that some people feel envious in the same exact situation where other people feel inspired. This has come up repeatedly when I talk about my awesome romantic relationship. There are some people, especially women over 50, who tell me they're so inspired. They say things like, if you could find this kind of relationship at 55, I might be able to do that too. On the other hand, other people are envious of me and sometimes even get pissed off at me that I have such a fucking awesome relationship. And it's really intriguing to me that the exact same set of circumstances has a completely different response from different people. I've seen this in recovery community too. Some people use someone's long-term recovery to inspire them and other people are envious and maybe even jealous I've heard people say things like, well, I'm not like her. I don't have X, Y, Z. Now, let me make the distinction between envy and jealousy before I go any further. I actually had to look these up because I wasn't sure how they differ. Both of them make us feel inadequate in some way. But envy is when you want what someone else has. Jealousy is when you're worried that someone is going to try to take what you have. So the example given was, If you want your neighbor's new convertible, you feel envy. If she takes your husband for a ride in that convertible, you feel jealous. So what I'm talking about here in this episode is envy, not jealousy. And I wanted to share that in case some of you are confused between the two like I was. What I want to understand is the difference between the people who use my late-in-life awesome relationship to inspire them And the people who are envious that I have that, and maybe even pissed off that I get to have such a fantastic relationship. And it seems to me that the difference has to do with perspective. A huge part of recovery is learning to change our perspective. There's a lot of thought work involved in recovery. And that's because when we come into recovery, we have beliefs and thoughts about ourselves, other people, the world, God, that are just not true. And recovery helps us unearth those beliefs and challenge them and then change them when we realize they're either not true or they're just not serving us. And the way I see it, the idea that we should envy someone rather than be inspired by them is based on the notion that we can't have what they have. That is, we somehow believe that what's possible for that person we envy is just not possible for us. Now, before I go further into talking about envy versus inspiration, I want to take a moment to talk about how important perspective is. There's a book called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions by Thomas Kuhn. Kuhn says that when scientific revolutions come along, it's almost always because people who are new to that scientific field come up with ideas or see things that people who've been in the field for a long time dismiss. Now they dismiss them as not relevant or as impossible because they've been so immersed in the thinking of the field for so long that they can't see what they can't see. They're unable to see things that people who are new to the field can see. You might say they're unable to think outside the box. In other words, the more seasoned scientists have been believing things for so long that sometimes facts don't even matter to them. How we see the world depends on our perspective. Then there's another saying, which I think came from Henry Ford, and it's this. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. What that means is, if you think you can't do something you're right because if you think you can't do it, you're not even going to fucking try. Or if you do try, it's going to be a lame ass effort cuz you don't think you can do it. But if you think you can do something, then nobody can stop you. You will just keep trying different things until you accomplish what you set out to. This idea that we need to change our perspective is so important because we can't move forward if we are not open to the idea that our perspective might Be wrong. Like if we think I can't have what she has, if you keep thinking that, you're right. But if you're open to the possibility that you could have what she has, then the possibilities are endless. This reminds me of when I got into recovery. I was told that what I needed to recover was H O W honesty, open mindedness, and willingness. I was told I needed those three things in order to recover. And the open-mindedness part is relevant here. We have to be open-minded to the idea that there is something that we don't know, there is something we haven't tried, or there is some belief we have that is holding us back. All right, now I'm going to turn back to the topic of envy versus inspiration. I left off in saying that when we envy someone, the belief is that we think we can't have what they have. It's not possible for us whether that has to do with recovery or finally finding a deep, meaningful relationship. This is a false belief. It's just not true that you can't have that. So let's take a look at my particular situation. If people have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, there's no fucking way that they don't get that I have a decades-long string of dysfunctional relationships behind me. When I did my relationship inventory while doing the 12 steps, I counted 28 different relationships. Now, this includes relationships where I dated the person a few times all the way to people that I lived with for years. Yet it wasn't until my 29th relationship at the age of 55 that I finally had a healthy, fulfilling relationship. And yet there are people who envy me as if they can't have what I have. If they've been listening to this podcast, their belief can't be that they can't have what I have based on some notion about me being super special and that I somehow magically knew how to have a healthy relationship. Because I've demonstrated very clearly that before recovery, I did not know how to have a healthy relationship for decades. It was the process of recovery, which is the process of changing deeply entrenched patterns of behavior that enabled me to be in a healthy relationship. In other words, change is possible. It's possible for me after 28 relationships and at the age of 55. So it's possible for you. But here's the thing. Recovery isn't the only way to change. There are all kinds of Of dating coaches out there, life coaches like me, a ton of books. As you know, though, I'm a huge fan of recovery because I read all the books. I did decades of therapy and all kinds of other stuff, and nothing helped me change my ways and learn how to set healthy boundaries until I got into recovery. One of the promises of recovery is that we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And this has come true for me over and over and over. There are many times when something comes up in my relationship or elsewhere in my life where I just know how to handle it. Shit just comes out of me because I'm changed. I'm not the same person I was before recovery. I often just do or say things that seem like the right thing to do. And that's for several reasons. One is that I've learned to ask God for guidance. Another is that I've learned to practice these principles in all my affairs, as it says in step 12. In other words, I've learned to do the right thing, no matter how uncomfortable. I've also learned my part in things, which has allowed me to change those things. And I also know that if I do screw up, I can apologize, or if it's something egregious, make amends, which means I'm not afraid all the time. Now, let's take a look at the people who hear about my relationship and see it as an inspiration, especially if they're significantly younger than me, which means they have so much more of a window of time to be in relationships ahead of them. They may take the wisdom I'm sharing with them on my podcast, in my coaching, on social media, through workshops, webinars, writing, and public speaking I do, and they say, okay, I can do this. If I make these changes, I too might be able to have a healthy romantic relationship. It is possible for you, dear listener, yes you, to go from having a string of dysfunctional romantic relationships to having a healthy, thriving, intimate relationship. Even if you're in a less than stellar relationship right now, that can change because it only takes one person to change a relationship. I was talking about that with a private client the other day because she was realizing how much things have changed in her relationship after only four weeks of coaching with me. As we were talking, I said, you know, everybody believes that. Everybody believes that it only takes one person to change a relationship. But the problem is what most of us believe is that one person that needs to change is the other person. Here's the thing. You can't change the other person you can only change you. And if you do change the way you're interacting with your partner or your prospective partners, then the experience you have in relationship and in dating is going to change. I love the metaphor that Harriet Lerner uses in the book, The Dance of Anger. She says, we're always doing a dance with other people. And if we change the steps in the dance, the other person has to change their steps, or they have to leave the dance. So, if you change the way you're interacting with your current partner, then things will change in the relationship. Or if you're dating and you change the way you interact in your dating relationships, then the outcomes will change for you. It is possible for you, yes, you, to have a loving, thriving, intimate relationship, even if you've had a string of dysfunctional relationships. And it is possible for you to recover even if you've relapsed multiple times. That simple mind shift you need is simply this. I can. If you don't believe me, send me an email and we'll talk. Barb at higherpowercc.com. I was recently reminded by a friend that when I first started recovery, I didn't feel lovable. I almost can't believe that I used to feel that way. And that I kind of forgot something so profound because I truly love myself now. And I want that for everybody. If you don't love yourself, there's literally nothing that can make up for that. I created something exclusively for my private clients since many of them don't love themselves And I've now opened up my private vault to share it with up to 10 people individually. It's called the Self-Love Sprint. You'll grow to love yourself and truly feel worthy. So you can stop saying yes when you really want to say no. Stop neglecting yourself and putting everyone else first. Stop saying all kinds of nasty shit to yourself. That is not what people who love themselves and feel deserving do. You'll stop being afraid that others will think that you're selfish for taking time to care for yourself. This is also for you if you don't really know who you are because you've always been such a fucking chameleon. Go to higherpowercccom sprint. Remember, I'm only offering ten of these, so don't wait. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did, or you wouldn't still be listening then you're gonna love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash HigherPowerCoaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at FridayFragments.news. That's FridayFragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.